Who's your trusted source when it comes to your facility questions, concerns, and needs? Ours is Hard True, the world's largest manufacturer of tennis court surfaces, equipment, and accessories for over 90 years. Partner with their trusted team of experts, along with collegiate greats Jamie Loeb, Alex Rybakov, and Dustin Taylor to bring the service provider of over 30 professional events annually to your facility. Whether it's the red clay of the Houston ATP, the green clay courts of the Charleston WTA, or the official hard court of World Team Tennis, Hard True has you covered. If you're looking to build a court, convert a hard court to clay, or simply resurface your hard court, work together with Hard True in their mission to lead the tennis industry by creating better places to play. To learn more about their state-of-the-art surfaces, along with their catalog customizable on-court accessories, check out hardtrue.com or call 877-442-7878 today. That's hardtrue.com or 877-442-7878 today. Welcome to our GSP Ace of the Day presented by Turn of Tennis. Folks, there's only one grip in the business that is synonymous with success across levels. One grip that you can see on the rackets of countless professional tennis players. That, of course, is the grip made by our friends at Turn of Tennis. It's the only product that gets stickier as you sweat. It's performance in hot and humid conditions, truly unmatched. If you would like to join the Turn of Tennis team today, you can contact them by emailing sales at Unique Sports or calling 800-554-3707. You mentioned we here at Cracked Racket sent you. Not only will they treat you like family, but you'll get discounted college pricing. You'll also get some free samples as well. Remember, contact sales at uniquesports.com or call 800-554-3707. We are so grateful for the continued support we get from our friends at Turner. The least we can do, ask you to support them as well. And most importantly, it's a grip that's easy to endorse a product we believe in here at Cracked Rackets. Contact sales at uniquesports.com or call 800-554-3707 to join the Turna Tennis family today. Ugh. Speaking of today, not going to lie, it was a good day here at CRHQ. Anytime you go undefeated on the Ace of the Day segment, that is a cause for celebration. That's what we were on day five of the 2021 Wimbledon. That brings us to 12-7-3 overall for the event, up 6.83 units through the first half of the third round. You look at the picks that hit on Friday, and of course I like to recap them because it just keeps, uh, helps me keep an eye on all of the trends what I'm getting right, what I'm getting wrong, what I should probably scrap from my arsenal, what I should continue to do. You look at the picks we had yesterday. I was confident that young, next-gen, rising talent, Sebastian Corda, you look at his results over the last 52 weeks, the advanced metrics suggest he is already a top 25 player at worst. He was an underdog against 24 seed Dan Evans. And look, Dan Evans is probably playing the best tennis of his career this year, but Sebastian Corda is on the rise. 
rise. I didn't think Evans was going to have enough power in his arsenal to hurt Corda. That was the case as Corda ultimately advances with a four set win. We had one unit on a minus 107 money line. That was a 0.94 yield for us. We also had two overs on the day. And the point I made yesterday, I was said that was my last day taking a big shot at the over-unders. My bet being as the tournament advanced, the matches will get closer and closer. We'll start to see those three set matches on the women's side, four, five set matches dominate on the men's side. We took a bet on the over two and a half sets in both Steven Samsonova and Muguruza Jabour. Those two matches delivered us probably the two best in terms of level results we saw uh, on day five of Wimbledon. Steven Samsonova going the distance that delivered 0.5 units on a plus 140 odds. Uh, We also had 0.5 units on plus 135 odds for Muguruza and Jabour that yielded us 1.37 in total between the two bets. And then, of course, the parlay we had on the day. Rabakina, Golubic, Sviantek, all money line bets, all winners advancing to round number four, plus 136, one unit to win 1.36. Again, 12 wins, seven losses, three outstanding bets right now for the 2021 Wimbledon. That has us up 6.83 units. That has me in the mood to be bold. And of course, as we progress through the tournament, the money lines, they're going to get tighter and tighter. The matchups more and more difficult for us to try and figure out who's got the momentum, who's got the matchup advantage, what do the metrics say. Uh, Certainly, this is the most fun time as a tennis fan to enjoy the action, but certainly it gets difficult to try and select winners from here on in. You have to be bold. You have to take chances. That's what we're going to be doing on today's show. So with that in mind, here are my selections for day six of the 2021 Open, my GSP ace of the day picks. Let's start with the money lines, and it's going to be a small unit that we are wagering on this match, but this is where we get bold, folks. Let's start Cam Norrie plus 190 against Roger Federer. Now, I know what you all are thinking. Picking against Roger Federer in the third round of Wimbledon, picking against him against a guy in Cam Norrie, who we've never seen make a quarterfinal of a major, let alone beat a top five seed at a Grand Slam. You look for Cam Norrie in his career. Certainly, he has had so much success over the last 52 weeks, and I'll get to his case in a little bit. 43 and 21 over that stretch, up to a new career high of number 34, has made the third round in his last three, uh, in three of his last four, excuse me, grand slams. But look, I get it. It's Roger Federer still early in an event, and you look for him. He's coming off of a straight set win over Richard Gasquet. He got through the match where he didn't play his best tennis. Four sets over Adrian Manorino before Manorino forced to retire in the fifth set. And of course, it's still Roger Federer at Wimbledon. And you look for him in his career at this event. Federer, obviously, so much success uh, at Wimbledon. He's won it more than any player in men's tennis history. But you look for him round of 32, again, at this event, Wimbledon specific. Roger Federer has been outstanding in the round. It's not going to surprise any of you to learn that in his career, Federer 17-0 in round of 32 matches. Certainly, that's something to keep an eye on. You look for him over the course of his career. He's actually only dropped the set in the round of 32. One, two, three, four, five different occasions. So 17-0 in the round of 32. He's only dropped the set five times. But let's be clear. 
This is not that Roger Federer. The numbers, the eye test suggested. And of course, you look at the big numbers. He's 7-3. and three. He's now officially played 10 matches. And by the way, he doesn't qualify for Tennis Abstract's ELO ratings because he's only played 10 matches in his last 52 weeks. Uh, obviously, the wins over Manorino and Gasquet I already talked about. You look for him on grass courts. Beat Ivashka 6-5 and five in the first round of Hala. You'd think Ilya Ivashka. Maybe that's not a great result for Federal. Ivashka's like 45-18 and 18 in his last 52. He's still alive at Wimbledon takes on Jordan Thompson in the third round as well. So certainly that's a decent level. Loses in three sets to FAA. Decent level, but that's been the key, right? Like you look for him, even his wins over Chilich and Kopfer at Roland Garros. He played fine. He didn't play great. And you look at the numbers for Roger Federer. I've mentioned this on other podcasts, but you know, they're not where they are for his career averages or near his career highs. You look at some of the concerning numbers, his hold percentage, 86.5%. That's the lowest number for him in a season since 2002 when he had an 86% hold percentage. You look at his break percentage, 16.5%. That's the lowest number of his career by a significant margin. It's also the first time he's had a break percentage under 20% since the 2000 season. You look at things such as, again, uh, you know, service points one, he's at 67.4%. That would be the lowest number for him uh, in a season since 2001. You look at that return points one number, that's the lowest number of his career. Total points one, 50.4%. That's the lowest number since 2000 as well. And again, it's a smaller sample size of match, but do any of those statistics differentiate from what you're seeing with your own eyes? Federer, looks a a step slow in the corners. And certainly when he can play on his front foot, when he can play attacking tennis, you look at the numbers for him, he is still a top 10 server on the ATP Tour. You look for him via hold percentage. Roger Federer currently ranks 8th amongst top 50 players in hold percentage. He's at 86.5%. He still wins first serve points as well as any player in the game. Second serve points as well. When he's landing returns, he's swinging aggressively. And so he takes his chances. But you look for Roger Federer, that break percentage for him over these last 52 weeks, it ranks 47th amongst the top 50 players. He's in the Manorino, Chilich, Umber, Opelka, Isner zone as a returner. That's not where you want to be. And again, I think that's what we're seeing with our eyes. Meanwhile, the flip side is Cam Norrie, who's very clearly playing the best tennis of his career. And you know, again, the superficial metrics, the advanced metrics, they all suggest as much. You look for uh, Norrie, as I mentioned, 43 and 21 in his last 52. That's a 20 and 12 record on hard courts, 17 and 8 record on clay courts, 6 and 1 record on grass courts. You look for him, he's made three finals over that course of time. He made the final. In Esterol, he made the final in Lyon. He ended up making the final in Queens Club, beat Karatsev, beat Shapovalov before losing to a very much informed Berrettini. In a very tight three-set match, you look for him, his competition of late, how he's done when he's played higher-level players. Cam Nori has had success, 17-12 and 12 against top 50 players, 6-7 and seven against top 20 players, now 1-6 against top 10 players. But if we're categorizing Roger Federer right now, do we think of him more as a top 10 guy or do we think of him more as a top 20 guy certainly when he plays his absolute best you probably qualify him more in the top 10 category but given the inconsistencies as a returner given again his 
I suppose. It's just fair to say it's not diminishing the career Roger Federer's had to say he has lost a step this season. The guy's had multiple surgeries. He's 39 years old or approaching 40 and just, you know, again, it, to expect him to play like he did in 2006, that's absurd. That was 15 years ago. That's a full cicada cycle ago. Um, but look, Cam Norrie is playing the best tennis of his career, and you look at the metrics for him, he's 30th right now in hold percentage, which does trail Roger Federer, but he's still got a good number right now. He's at 79.1%. Break percentage-wise, that 26.7 number he's at, that's good for 11th amongst top 50 players. That is an elite skill. When you're a top 15 player at breaking serve, and that is what Cam Norrie does so well, he puts so many balls in play. It's a sort of death by a thousand paper cut style. He's going to move the ball around the outer thirds. He's not going to hit this ball in the same direction more than three times in a row. Obviously, the lefty, he'll hit that slice serve to the Federer backhand on the ad side. He'll go T. He'll mix up his spots, jam Federer in the body, move around that plus one ball just to make sure Federer's got to stay stretched and, you know, he's unpredictable as well. It's not he goes cross with this ball every time. He takes his backhand down the line every time. He's unpredictable. And I think that's a good thing when you're playing Roger Federer, forcing this version of Federer to read and react, forcing this version of Federer to be in the outer thirds, forcing this Roger Federer to play a million balls and making a match physical. That gives him difficulties. And look, Roger Federer has straight up played close matches across the board this season. Even in the seven victories he's had outside of the straight set win over Richard Gasquet, you look for Roger Federer. You know, it was a three set win over Dan Evans, it was a four set win over Chilich, a five set win over Kopfer, six and five against Devashka, four tight sets with Manorino. Roger Federer plays tight matches at this point of his career, and he holds on to that serve, and that serve can often guide him to victory, because once you get into a tiebreaker with Federer, then the magic, the mystique of Roger Federer certainly starts to take hold, but again... Whether it's the advanced metrics, I mentioned it earlier, Cam Norrie has made the third round now in uh, four out of the last five majors. He did at U.S. Open last year, and then Australia, French Open, now Wimbledon here this year. He's lost all of three of those round of 32s, two of them to Nadal in straight sets, one of them to Davidovich Fokina in four sets. Again, I know Cam Norrie's only 1-6 in six against top 10 players, but it feels like that's the one thing that's missing from his cap. Well, I suppose two feathers from his cap this season to really solidify his place. One of those top 32 guys, one of those guys who should be seated at every slam. A, that ATP title. As soon as he gets it, him being top 32, it's an easy case to make. He's made three finals. That's super, super impressive. It's that... And it's that signature win, that win over a Roger Federer in a third round of a slam, or that win over just a top 15, top 20 guy to get to that second week of a Grand Slam for a first time in his career. I really do think tomorrow's the day it happens. I think he beats Roger Federer tomorrow. I have not been uh, that impressed with Roger Federer to the point where I think he is, like, I, I do I think he... That I think he should be a prohibitive favorite. I think that's really what it comes down to, that Cam Norrie at plus 190 is absolutely a value play. And I also think this match is going to go at least four sets. I think even if the allure of Federer wins out, even if he's having success holding serve, I think Norrie's going to find a set where he finds a break, where he just makes every point super, super physical. And I think he steals that set from Federer. I think there's a 6-2, 6-3, second or third set in the cards for Cam Norrie, who's just too well-rounded too good of a competitor, too locked in physically. And now, by the way, that the British men, Murray Evans, both eliminated Nori, the last British male hope, you know that crowd's going to give him a boost, even against Roger freaking Federer. 
I think this match gets really, really fun. I think this match goes the uh, the distance. I also think this is a match Cam Nori pulls off the upset. And so give me Nori. We're being bold here. Give me Nori plus 190 over Roger Federer. Again, he's also a lefty, and I think he absorbs the pace well. I don't think the Federer slice is going to throw him off. I think Federer hitting heavy his heavy forehand to that backhand, that's the ball where Nori's going to be fine going down the line. He's so precise with his placement, and again, just physically, I think he, that's exactly what he can turn this match into. That's not the sort of tennis Roger Federer wants to play. I think Nori, plus 190 over Federer. We're only putting half a unit on it to win 0.95. But I also want the over three and a half sets in Federer Nori. A, a half-hearted hedge because it's minus 175. We're only going to put 0.5 units on that as well to win 0.29. So a unit in total on the match, slightly over plus 100 odds. I guess it's plus 114 uh, odds as uh, in terms of our total bets. But give me Nori, plus 190 money line over Federer, plus 0.5 units to win 0.95. I also want the over 3.5 sets in Federer Nori, minus 175, 0.5 units to win 0.29. Again, picking Cam Nori is not a slight towards Roger Federer, saying Roger Federer has not had one of the three most incredible careers, not just in men's tennis history, but in tennis history. But it's a testament to the fact that Nori, who I didn't mention these numbers for him, he's currently 14th in tennis abstracts overall ELO. He's the seventh best player in 2021 ELO. His 32-13 and 13 record, that's good for the tied second most wins on the ATP Tour. He's tied with Rublev. They both only trail Stefano Tsitsipas. This is a pick on the level of Cam Nori, who's also delivered us some goods already this week on the ace of the day. My eyes say Cam Nori is better than Roger Federer right now. The odds provide us value to go with that selection. The metrics back you up as well. That's the trifecta, folks. Nori plus 190 over Federer, 0.5 units to 1.95, over three and a half sets in Federer Nori, because it still is Roger freaking Federer, minus 175.5 units to win 0.29. Those are your money line and over under picks blended into one match. I, of course, have a couple of parlays for all of you listeners before we end. And I know usually I don't double dip on on a match. I just have strong feelings about Federer Nori. When you've got strong feelings at this stage of a major, again, time to be bold. In terms of the parlays I've got for you, two options on Saturday, day six. I'm going to go with both of them in this instance. I've got a couple of other options on the board. And by the way, if you want to see the other money lines, I was considering single wagers on Bedosa, Krejcikova, Mukova, or learn more about the over-unders I have on the day, not just Federer Nori. FAA Kyrgios, you keep your eye on. Herkets Bublik, you keep your eye on. Goff Yuvan, I think you keep a sneaky eye on. Ditto with Barty Sinyakova. Uh, but again, if you want to read more of the picks, see more of my extended thoughts, you can see the article on our website, CrackedRackets.com. Anyways, in terms of the parlays on the day, I've got two for you listeners, two of four options to go with. Let's start with the ostapenko Bedosa parlay. Ostapenko minus 286 over Tomjanovic tomorrow. You guys all know the numbers for Ostapenko at this point, as I'm sure someone you follow if you're listening to this podcast has either tweeted them out or made the case for her to win this 2021 French Open. And that's a legitimate thing you can claim right now. Ostapenko, a top three contender via DraftKings futures odds, a top three contender via tennis abstract singles forecast. She comes into this match now, her third 
round affair with Alia Tamjanovic on a seven-match win streak, was fantastic down the home stretch, knocking off number 31 seed Daria Kasakina, 8-6 in the third. You look for Tamjanovic. She herself coming off of a three-set win, 6-4, 0-6-6-3 over Alize Cornet. Now, it's a legitimate question to ask, how much does Ostapenko have in the take? Seven matches in the past, what, 11 days? That's a lot of tennis. That match against Kasakina was physical, but Ostapenko only plays so physical of a match because, you know, rallies are over in 10 shots or less. She's taken her opportunity. She's either created space and hit the winner or she's hit the error at that point of the rally. She's not someone who plays these 15, 20 ball long physical points. Of course, we're also on a grass court now with Tomjanovic's length. Uh, she's a pretty good, you know, pretty high floor in terms of she can do a little bit of everything. I call her Garbin Muguruza, 0.75. But I do worry for Tomjanovic, always has struggled on return, you know, and you look for Tomjanovic in her career on grass courts in particular. Uh, that's where she has the lowest return points One, She's at 39.9% on grass courts compared to 43.5% for her career. If you're leaving returns in the center of the court, this version of Yelena Ostapenko, who despite misfiring at times in the third set against Kasakina, was able to rein it in when Kasakina served for the match at both 5-4 and 6-5. I also just think Kasakina a little bit more dynamic of a ball than Tom uh, than Tomjanovic hits. Kasakina a little bit more spin, a little bit more knife on the slice, a little bit more angle, a little bit more pop when she goes down the line. Tomjanovic does a lot of things well, and she's certainly going to pressure Yelena Ostapenko. And again, how much does Yelena Ostapenko have left in the tank? I think enough. She's 26 and 15 in her last 52, a former semifinalist at this event. More importantly, just mentally, physically, she seems as locked in as she has been. Honestly, I would argue she's more locked in than she was when she won that one slam title, French Open 2017. I think she's better now than she was then. Certainly, you look for the metrics in her career. She's winning a higher percentage of first serve points than she has or ever has in her career. She's winning a higher per second of second serve points than her career average, but most importantly, highest percent of first serves in her career are going in. She averages 55%. She's at 59% for the season. She's at a career high in return points one. She's playing the best tennis of her career. All, she seems to have reined in the power just enough without sacrificing any power that on this surface, it's devastating to play against. And again, she's one of those few players who has that semifinal at this slam experience still left in the draw. You look for Alia Tamjanovic, 2-12 in her career in round of 64s in slam. She's never advanced past the round of 32. She's, or excuse me, she has advanced past the round of 32 is the one time she made it there uh, in Roland Garros back in 2014. This is only her second time in a third round. She has never advanced past the round of 16, excuse me me at a grand slam I just think all the signs point towards Ostapenko minus 286 feels like we're still getting value and that puts her right in the parlay zone who are we going to partner her with how about Paula Bedosa Jaber who all of the advanced metrics love as well. Bedosa Jaber was a member of the top 15 club for a hot second, top 15 in both hold and break percentage. She's currently one of nine players to be members of the top 25 club, which means top 25 in both 
hold percentage and break percentage in. Look, she doesn't have the biggest sample size of grass court matches under her belt, but Paula Bedosa Jaber is just pretty good at everything. And you look at her wins thus far three set win over Bolsova, three, uh, straight set win over Putin Seva. Her one warm up match on grass was a three set loss to Svitolina, who I know some of you may be thinking, well, didn't her opponent, Magda Lynette, uh, knock out Svitolina just last round? Yes, that may be true, but. I do think this that you look for, uh, Magdalenette, who uh, 22 and 24 in her career, she has never advanced. There it is, past the round of 32 at a Grand Slam. She's 0-5 in the five times she's made it to this stage of a major. I, I just think, again, what is Lynette, for Lynette, who beats Anisimova in three sets, then knocks off Svitolina to advance in this match? She's played two really, really good matches, but I would argue Bedosa's playing the highest level of any of those players right now. She just puts so much pressure on you. Physically, her profile has translated so well. Her ability to move into the outer thirds, her ability to decisively go down line, go cross court, put a ton of pressure on you with your her sir, uh, with her return, and then just put a ton of first serves in the box that don't allow her opponents to take aggressive cuts at the return and allow her to get into her patterns. She's a really well-rounded player, tough out. I don't know if Lynette's got a big enough weapon to hurt this version of Paula Bedosa-Jaber. Of course, I said that in the Anisimova match. Anisimova ends up losing that match in three sets. Certainly, Lynette has played well here uh, at Wimbledon with the two. You could argue her two wins to get to the third round as impressive as any player's two wins in this event. She's also coming out off of a round of 32 points. performance at Roland Garros where she ended up losing that round of 32 match in three sets to an also still alive own Shabur. So Magda Lynette, despite thir- being 13 and 15 in her last 52, has certainly started to play her best tennis over the past month, two months or so, but I just think Paula Bedosa Jaber is making that breakthrough, is solidifying herself top 30, top 25 sort of player who you can always count in the mix to be in the second weeks of slams moving forward. Again, she can do so many things so well. I just don't know what Lynette does to to beat her, to, you know, to take the ball off of her racket, to put enough pressure to force Bedosa to crack. You parlay the odds of Ostapenko and Bedosa, who's minus 167 over Lynette. You get some tasty ones. Plus 116 overall, one unit to win 1.16. That's good enough for me. That's parlay number one. Again, Ostapenko, Bedosa over Tomjanovic and Lynette, respectfully, on the money lines. Plus 116, one unit to win 1.16. That's ace of the day number three. Ace of the day number four, a Krechikova Seneko parlay. You look for Barbara Krejcikova, minus 143 over Sevastova, and I know Sevastova already burned me this week. Three-set win for her over Marta Kostyuk. I just think we're seeing Barbara Krejcikova make the leap. She's, you know, a top 20 club member, top or top 25 club member, excuse me, as well. Top 25 in both hold and break percentage, and she's won 74% of her matches over the last 52 weeks, 45 and 16. I know she's got a small sample size of grass court singles matches, but she's obviously played on the surface so free frequently in the doubles and again there's there's not a lot of things on a court Krejcikova can't do does she have the firepower of an Osaka of a Sabalenka of a Rabakina where it's just blast everything by you no but she can play slice she can play down the line she can move forward she's a comfortable mover I think she's the first person who's going to see that Sevastova forehand pace, be comfortable with it. She's not going to be thrown off by the amount of slice Sevastova likes to play with as well to throw you off balance before she hits that big ground stroke. 
I just think Krejcikova does everything Sevastova does, but a little bit better. She's in excellent form right now. Two straight set wins over Tosin and Petkovic in her first two matches. She's at minus 143 now. Sinego's probably the riskiest of the four players, in my opinion, I've mentioned in these parlays because I know he's minus 225 over Duckworth, but James Duckworth has been sneaky good of late. You look for him, he's uh, over his last 52 weeks, 18 and 19, but... Qualified in Stuttgart, beat Manorino, lost to Query. He then loses in three sets to Avashka, final round qualifying Hala. He uh, loses three sets to eventual semifinalist in Eastbourne, Max uh, Purcell. Now he's beaten Radu Elbot and Sam Query to get to the third round of this Wimbledon. You look for him in his career, 30-25 and 25 on grass courts. He's uh, obviously this is the further uh, this is the furthest he's ever gone in Wimbledon third round for him, but he had made round of sixty four before and he's qualified for the main draw a couple of times. So grass courts, a surface he is comfortable on, but Look, I think the big win was the win over Query. I think the let's down is coming now. I think for Lorenzo Sonego, who you look for him over his last 52 weeks, 31 and 52, made that final in Eastbourne before losing 7-6 in the third to Demonauer. He beats Daniel Galan in four sets in the, his last match. I just think Sonego's got the big forehand, the big uh, serve. This match is on his racket, and I do think Duckworth, I don't know what he does to hurt Sonego in this match. Sure, he'll put a ton of pressure on him, but if you let Sonego get into his patterns, you let Sonego rip around the court, uh, you start to get in trouble. You really got to get Sonego on his back foot. You got to get him stretched to the outer thirds. I don't know that Duckworth quite has the firepower to do that consistently enough. And then again, Another uh, a round of sixteen for Sonego at a at a major just fits his narrative. It fits his arc. He's currently at number twenty seven in the rankings. That's one off his career high, which he reached last week of twenty six. I think he belongs in the Wimbledon round of 16. I think, again, the draw has opened for him, and I want to see him take advantage of this draw. This is a bet on him to do so. Krejcikova minus 143 over Sevastova, parlayed with Sinego at minus 225. You get plus 147 odds. One unit on that to win 1.47 is good enough for ace of the day number four. Again, to recap, boldness, the theme of today's podcast. We're taking Nori plus 190 on the money line over Federer, 0.5 units to win 0.95. Give me over three and a half sets in Federer Nori as well, minus 175, 0.5 units to win 0.29. In terms of the parlays on the day, Ostapenko and Bedosa, plus 116 when you parlay their money lines over Tomjanovic and Lynette, one unit to win 1.16. We'll also parlay Krejcikova over Sevastova, Senego over for Duckworth, plus 147, one unit to win 1.47. Of course, if you would like to hear a deep dive breakdown of all of the action that's happened at Wimbledon over the first five days, head on over to our mini break podcast feed. You can also head over to our website, crackrackets.com, where you can find all of our content. Of course, if you need the more immediate updates, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, we are at Cracked Rackets. You want to message me directly, excuse me. I'm at Great Shot Pod. A shout out, as always, to our super producers, Max Fligner and Daniel Westoff, for the f- of an editing job they do day in, day out. A shout out, as well, to our friends at Turner Tennis. Remember, contact sales at uniquesports.com or call 800 554 3707 with that in mind. For our fantastic super producers, Fligner and Westoff, our friends at Turner Tennis. And from all of us here at both Crack Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. You know what we say hey, great shot. And may the odds be ever in your favor. Good luck, everyone. Thank you.